Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm Siobhan Booth and I am your host. This podcast is for anyone with an interest in mental health, overcoming anxiety and building confidence. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. I hope you are doing well. Um, Here in the UK we are starting to see some restrictions come back in which is a little bit stressful and has unfortunately scuppered some plans that I had for uh, a charity that I'm working with but we have to do what we have to do so I hope everything is going well with you wherever you are and however your country is dealing with this uh, pandemic this huge pandemic that's uh, impacted all of our lives. Now in today's session I want to talk about some of the behaviours that we can notice in people who are struggling with low self-confidence. Now, this is these behaviours are a mixture of things. So they're things that I've observed in clinic, they're things that I've observed just in life in general, but some of them are also things that we know that people who are lacking in self-confidence do. So what I'm hoping by uh, talking about this today is that if you start to notice some of these things as things that you do you might start to think about how you might want to change them because knowing that we have low self-confidence is one thing um, but I would strongly like to encourage and urge and hopefully uh, make you feel like it's possible to do something about some of these behaviours. So we're going to talk about that as we go through each one. Now these things I'm going to talk about is are incredibly common in people Um, and it's actually a real shame because often it becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy when we have low self-confidence we engage in the behaviors that I'm going to talk through in a minute and they reinforce this idea that we're not confident or we're not good enough and it's a real shame because it can go on for years and years and years and it can actually make our confidence even worse Now, the important thing to remember as I'm going through this is that it is possible to overcome some of these issues. It's possible to learn confidence. It's possible to overcome things that have happened in the past that have made you less confident. It is possible to understand yourself to an extent where you can start to access some of the more confident aspects of your personality and yourself. And of course, when I'm talking about confidence, I'm not talking about arrogance. They're a very different thing. So confidence for me is a very calm thing. It comes from a place of knowledge and understanding. So it's not an arrogant thing. So just bear those things in mind as I'm going through these different behaviours. Now, the first one that I notice a lot in people with low self-confidence is that they are very, very, very and very much overly critical of themselves. Now, we've all come across these people, so even if you don't do this or don't realise that you do this, you will have come across people like this. And these are the people where they'll do something and you personally think what they've done is great. And you might say that to them, you might say, oh, that looks amazing, or that's fantastic, or I really enjoyed that, or whatever it is. But they'll have their own negatives or criticisms, and they'll be able to list them off really, really quickly. So even if what they've done is good by anybody else's standards they themselves will find negatives or find criticisms of their performance now this often goes hand in hand with what we as therapists call maximizing and minimizing so in this situation a person who is overly critical of themselves will in fact minimize their own positives and their own skills 
but they'll maximize other people's skills. So you might hear someone say, oh, I could never do that like that person. Whereas probably the way they do it is just as good. And the challenge for this really is that when you're overly critical of yourself, it really, really skews the view of the world you have. And it becomes very easy to think, well, everybody around me is so much better than me. And that can be quite damaging because if we start to see ourselves as not as clever, not as good, not as intelligent, whatever, then over time, these thoughts actually become beliefs. So it can be a real challenge to break out of them. Although, as I said at the start, and I really want to keep emphasising this point, it is entirely possible to get out of that type of cycle. The next one that I see a lot is something that we call self-destructive behaviours. And there's loads and loads of different types of self-destructive behaviours. And there's loads of reasons why somebody with low confidence will engage in them. So a few different examples are excessive eating, drinking, drug taking, excessive risk taking. And often it's so that people can feel something other than the constant stress and fear that they're not good enough. So often people with low confidence also feel like they don't deserve to be happy or healthy or successful and so will take steps to make sure that they sabotage themselves so that they don't achieve those things. They're effectively proving themselves right. By having the low confidence, which is telling them that they're not worth it, they're then reinforcing that belief by doing things that prove to themselves that they're not worth it at all. Another thing that people with low self-confidence do is they massively undervalue their own capabilities and their own ability to learn and their own ability to overcome failures as well. Now, I, I hear this loads and I find it really frustrating, but I have to manage my own frustrations about that. Because you hear people say, oh, there's no way I could do this. Well, there's no way I could do that. There's no point in me even trying. And it's so frustrating because you find these people that if they gave it a go, they would probably surprise themselves. And even if they didn't achieve the thing that they tried to do, they would learn something from the experience of not managing to do it. And partly this is a fear of failure as well, but also it's a massive undervaluing of our capability. So for these people, their default position in life is that there's kind of no point in giving things a go because ultimately everything's going to go wrong anyway. Now, this can be quite fascinating because there are loads of different situations that we all come across. And sometimes these types of people are kind of forced to give something a go, um, either through work or because the situation occurs where they kind of have to for whatever reason. And they might suddenly find themselves succeeding at it. Now, you'd think that by doing that, they'd be able to draw confidence from that situation and say, well, when I had to do this thing that I really didn't want to do, I was actually okay at it. But they don't. Somebody with low self-confidence will end up seeing that as luck. And they won't want to try it again because they're scared that their luck will run out. And we've all heard of beginner's luck. This is the thing that people talk about. Um, and it's so common because we go into these situations because we have to with no expectations and somehow we succeed and then we think, oh, that was luck, so I don't want to try again. And that's a really good sign of somebody that lacks self-confidence. Another behaviour that we see very, very often 
is worrying about or being very much too preoccupied by past failures. Now, failure in itself is a really fascinating thing. I might actually do a podcast on its own about failure because I think often we're brought up to think that it's a bad thing, especially going through the schooling system that we have now. It's really bad if you fail exams. Um, It's bad if we fail stuff. People get frustrated with us. Parents get annoyed with us. We learn that failure is a really bad thing. But actually, failure can be a really, really good thing which sounds kind of mad, but the amount that we learn from our failures are very much informative. And the type of emotional response we have to failing can lead us to actually better ourselves or do something about it. So in many ways, failure and the ability to overcome it can be very much a big part of confidence as long as we take it in that attitude. Now, I have a really good example of past failures. So a long time ago, I worked for a company who had some sort of uh, financial involvement with the Great Run series. So they were trying to encourage their staff to get involved. So through this um, partnership, I ended up running the Great Manchester Half Marathon, um, the Great South Run. Uh, I think I did a couple of others as well, but I can't remember which ones. I think like the Bristol 10K. I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to look back over my medals. and see which ones I did. In the same year, I also did the London Marathon as well. So I was up for giving it a go. Why not? Ultimately, I run anyway. But you would hear other people say, well, there's no point in me getting involved because the last time I tried to run, I only managed a few hundred metres and then I had to stop. So they've given it a go. They've essentially failed at it in their mind and they've decided there's no point continuing because that failure is what's stuck in their mind and they can't move past it. And this is a colossal shame because actually, um, I mean, I've talked about some of the runs that I've done. I'm not really like a serious runner, but I can run long distances. But actually, when I first started running, I mean, that was pretty much where I was, literally running a few hundred metres, being completely out of path and having to stop for a bit. So if you can just move on from those failures and start to look forwards and think, well, what have I learned from that? I've learned that I'm not really that fit and that I need to practice this more. Then we can actually move forward into success and build confidence from realistic success instead. So that's just a little example. I mean, there's there's loads of them. And you'll know people who haven't tried things uh, or have tried things, but not done very well and then decided it's not for them. And to some extent, that's fine if it's not something you want to do. But for those people who let it stop them from doing things that they want to have a go at, it becomes very problematic. And it does damage our confidence because we we like to be able to do things. We like to be good at stuff. We like to achieve stuff. As As an evolved species with a conscious mind, that's something that we just like to do. We get pleasure out of achieving things. So it is really, really important that even when you fail at something, you don't let it be such a catastrophic thing that it stops you from trying again in the future. I mean, people who have listened to my past podcasts will know that I have a a long history of failing at stuff. And it's very much led me to where I am now. And although it was very upsetting and stressful at the time and extremely damaging at times to my self-confidence, 
the ability to accept that you failed in the past and try and do it better next time is very much a key part of being able to overcome that. And actually, it's very much a part of, from a personal level, being able to get over that hurt and that upset because you can learn from it. It becomes a useful experience in your life as opposed to simply a traumatic one. So another behaviour that people with low self-confidence will often engage in is being very preoccupied with negative outcomes. Now this is where we're talking a lot about cognitive distortions. So I'd strongly recommend you head back and have a look over previous episodes and have a look at the cognitive distortions episode. If you want to as well on my website, you can download a cognitive distortions exercise completely for free and you can actually work out which ones you tend to do. So one of them, we call it catastrophizing, is very much being overly concerned with the possible negatives of a situation. So often people do it in the what ifs. So they might be planning to go do something and they'll say, what if it goes wrong? Um, a classic example is somebody who's scared of flying will say, well, what if the plane crashes? And they'll be preoccupied with that situation. In this case, quite often, somebody is creating problems about a situation that may not exist, or they may be possible but very unlikely. But the problem is they're focusing on those problems rather than solutions. So this can be really, really challenging because in a lot of cases, you can never say that a bad thing isn't going to happen. I mean, there are unfortunately cases where planes have crashed and we can talk about the statistics around that but we can't patronize people and say that's not going to happen but by being preoccupied by it happening all that person is doing is creating a lot of stress and anxiety that they wouldn't have felt if they were thinking about where they're going or the holiday they're going on or how exciting the work thing they're going on is so these people are really preoccupied with the negative outcomes. And it's the same, I mean, running is a perfect example as well. So people wouldn't even join some of the 5K races because they were imagining themselves not being able to finish it. When the reality is ultimately you could walk it, so you'd find a way to finish it. And it's being so preoccupied by that negative outcome that essentially leads you to practice in your mind doing things badly. And if we get comfortable and good at imagining doing things badly, then we're going to damage our confidence because we're going to see ourselves as somebody who's not capable of doing things. Whereas on the flip side, if we imagined ourselves doing it in a realistic way, so I mean, I do long distance, but I'm really slow. I'm never gonna be somebody that smashes out really quick marathons, but I can imagine myself walking, running, reaching the finish line in a, amateur slow time and still being really proud of myself and that makes me feel good so that's a confidence boost over time and with a bit more training maybe I will get faster I don't know but the fact that I'm achieving something is important and that's the thing to focus on if instead I worried constantly about not being able to finish then the likelihood is that I probably wouldn't because I'd be damaging my confidence my confidence in my ability to do the thing and also my confidence in my ability to overcome challenges along the way and so it'd be kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy so that's one of the key things really with low self-confidence is that it generally becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy so if you think you're not very good at stuff then ultimately bar a few surprises 
you'll probably prove yourself right. So the key thing really is what can you do about it? Well, you can identify the behaviours to start with. So as you've been going through this, are there any that have jumped out at you that you know that you do in particular? If so, become more aware of them. Notice the situations that you do them in. Have a think about whether or not what you're thinking is realistic or whether it's a bit over the top. Have a think about how you can reframe your failures, how you can learn from them, what you can do about it. It is possible to learn to be confident, even if you've never felt confident in your life before. It's possible to develop it. Now, if you need any extra support with this, my online course, my Anxiety to Confidence course, is specifically designed to help you manage negative thoughts and negative behaviours and then develop confidence instead. Or at home, you can simply start challenging all of these behaviours. You can make sure that every time you engage in one of these behaviours, you're having a think about whether or not that's helpful to you or appropriate or necessary in this situation. Either way, if you want any more information, just head to my website, which is www.anxiety2confidence.com. And that's the number two, so anxiety2confidence.com, where you can find loads of information. You can find my blog, which has got loads more information about anxiety, how to overcome it and how to build confidence as well. So I hope you have a fantastic week. My absolute best wishes to everybody that's involved um, across the world in this pandemic at the moment. I really hope that together we will find a way forwards and a way to keep each other safe in the long term. So I hope you have a good week. If you have any questions, you can get in contact with me. You can email siobhan at ymyb.co.uk or as I mentioned before, you can just head to my website and use the contact form on there. So I hope you have a fantastic week and I very much look forward to chatting to you again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. You can find more information and my extensive blog at www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.